0: Dennis Gates wasting no time in the portal, already adding a key perimeter player for next season. Plus, Eli Drinkwitz has found his offensive line coach as well. So let's talk about all that and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And let's start off with some good news on the basketball court today. Missouri adds John Tonje from Colorado State, yes, before the Final Four even played, Missouri already dipping into the transfer portal. I'm definitely on board with people who say that the portal shouldn't be open until the tournament is over. Number one, my goodness, just give these coaches a minute to relax maybe, to put their feet up for five seconds. But no, especially if you're alive right now, you have double the work if you're still alive in the NCAA tournament. But even from a fan's perspective, a a podcaster's perspective, You could give me a couple weeks here. We can digest the tournament and then move on to the offseason. But the fact that Missouri has already added a player for next season, well, that just shows you that that's an indication that probably there's more movement on the way off of this Missouri basketball roster. Now, first of all, it makes sense that this was Missouri's first pickup of the offseason and that Dennis Gates and company Moved quickly because Trey Gomillion, Demoy Hodge, DeAndre Golston—at the very least, we all know all three of those guys have exhausted their eligibility. And what do they all have in common? Well, they're all wings, for all intents and purposes. And what about Isaiah Mosley? Another guy who qualifies as a wing or or an on-ball guard, often as well. Whatever way you want to look at it, still a perimeter-oriented scoring type player certainly Missouri's going to need some help on the perimeter, some additions. So it makes sense to strike quickly here. And I also think the timing of this, by the way, in case you missed my previous episode this week, well, it makes my point about teams needing to hire a de facto general manager at this point for roster management. And just as importantly, being able to scout the entire country, know who's available, what kind of players they really are. But Anyway, back to John Tanjay. Here's a guy who's about six foot five, good size for a perimeter player. Had offers from Michigan and Oklahoma, among others. Shot about thirty nine percent. From downtown last season for Colorado State. And he's pretty explosive, too. He can definitely, he's got some impressive dunk highlights online as well. So, a guy who seems like a very good offensive player, maybe a mixed bag defensively. And that's sort of, I don't know, it seems like Dennis Gates likes to coach defense and recruit offense, which, by the way, that's always been my philosophy. I'd rather give me a guy who's got the talent offensively and maybe has has some again some explosive athleticism, something maybe I can teach him to play defense if he plays hard, I bet I can mold him and he can figure it out That's what I say about Aiden Shaw by the way, a guy with incredible explosive athleticism plays plays hard, played really hard last year, I thought for Missouri, but just didn't necessarily know where he was supposed to be at all times. I think next year you're going to see a completely different Aiden Shaw defensively but Again, I brought up DeAndre Golston earlier. He may have some Golston similarities too, he being John Tanji, That is, he can back guys down a little bit too, which is something Gates seems to like out of his offensive perimeter players as well. At least the ability to punish smaller players and at least draw a double team, kick the ball out for a better shot, that kind of deal. So to me, this is a really great pickup on paper. Before the Tigers, a guy who, for people who follow the portal, rank those kind of things, followed a lot more closely nationally than I do. He was thought of as one of the better players to enter the portal. So, this is a really nice coup for Dennis Gates, C.Y. Young, and the whole gang, I would say. And by the way, speaking of Isaiah Mosley and Kobe Brown, well, it was maybe, gosh, was it a month or two ago that I predicted boldly, I thought at the time, that I thought both of those guys would be back next season. And as time goes along here, it sure seems like a lot of other Missouri people are starting to pick up on that idea. And like I said before, I I didn't have any, you know, insider knowledge or anything like that. And I still don't. It was just logical deduction. I just am not sure that Kobe Brown is going to be surefire enough of an NBA prospect to get any type of guaranteed money which again is possible to get in the second round as well less likely but definitely possible and from mosley's perspective it just what what are his better or other options i don't know that he has any and by the way i've gotten the feeling that mosley is happy with this program and i think he's grateful with how dennis gates and everybody handled his situation and the the secrecy you know respecting his privacy all of that, I think that actually won Dennis Gates and his staff a lot of brownie points. I think hopefully people nationally will notice this as well, but I know that Isaiah Mosley and his family noticed it. I really think that there's a good chance he'll be back next year still, and I would welcome him back with open arms. I still think Mosley is such a talented player, and really we just saw basically a scratching of the surface of, last year of a guy who had really proven to be a very very high level player at the division one level already I think just obviously taking him on and off the court constantly less than ideal circumstances for everybody involved if for whatever reason that isn't the case next season well I think obviously Missouri should welcome Isaiah back with open arms, and I I would really look forward to seeing what that looks like on the court in a full season. I, I still have all the belief in the world in his ability. And Missouri is reportedly hiring Brandon Jones on the football side to be its new offensive line coach. Now, I don't think anybody could call this a home run hire, but is it a complete disaster? Well, let's talk about the Missouri offensive line situation coming up, but first I want to tell you about FanDuel because you know what, the final four's coming up, and that means there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets on Monday, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your chance at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. You know, one of my favorite things about Locked On is it's quick, digestible content for people on the go, and it truly is your team every day, tailored toward you. Well, the Locked On newsletter, very similar. Just go to com slash newsletters or scan the QR code on your screen right now. You'll be able to select the teams, the leagues, exactly the kind of content you want. And I promise you, as somebody uses this, it's not going to clutter up your inbox every single day. This is really something you're going to want to check out. So again, the QR code on your screen or locked on com slash newsletters. But let's talk about Brandon Jones, who apparently is going to be reportedly, I should say more accurately, is going to be Missouri's next offensive line coach. Brandon Jones, formerly of Houston, also was Under Dana Holgerson at one point, of course, this is was Texas Tech's offensive line coach at one point, of course, under Dana Holgerson. He played for him at West Virginia back in the day, I do believe here. Correct me if I'm wrong there out there, but here's the point. At this point in the process, who is Missouri realistically going to get? The Marcus Johnson thing, timing of his departure, no matter what you think, Of Marcus Johnson. I think there's a lot of fairly differing opinions on how great of a job he did or did not do at Missouri. But regardless, I think if you wanted to replace him doing it either after the bowl game or after the conclusion of the regular season, even more ideally would have been the time to do it. Certainly after spring practice, the pool of candidates available to you shrinks quite a bit. But on paper, I I can't say this is a massive downgrade whatsoever, because if you look at it, you look at football outsiders and their line stats, for instance, just the offensive line stats the last couple seasons. Well, especially last season, Houston's offensive line performed significantly better than Missouri's. Now, Missouri had a very porous offensive line season, so that may not be saying a lot. I'll also point out that I don't believe that these stats are adjusted for opponent either. And also another thing to note: Pro Football Focus has similar rankings for the Houston offensive line unit as these stats do. Now, normally I take the PFF rankings with a huge grain of salt, especially their individual rankings for offensive linemen. But when you have when you're looking at it as more of a unit, I tend to take that a little bit more seriously. But again. You can't say on paper that, well, Missouri did it. Eli Drinkwitz did it, everybody. We've got the perfect offensive line coach. But at the same time, I can't say that this is obviously a huge downgrade either. Maybe we'll look back and say that this was a great move. But as of today, it's hard to do anything but simply shrug. Your guess is as good as mine. And I know that's not what you're supposed to say on an opinion-based podcast, but I'm also not going to sit here and lie to you either. And now let's swing back on the old pendulum, back to basketball here. For a minute, listener Matthew on YouTube commented, he had a question for me based on yesterday's show. He asks, why don't you think CY, meaning CY Young, Missouri's head assistant basketball coach, why don't you think CY will be here for too long? Well, it's quite simple, Matthew. I think he's going to be in demand. And I mentioned on yesterday's program that apparently South Florida was kicking the Tigers on Coach Young and ultimately has maybe decided to go in a different direction, which I thought was fantastic news for Missouri. But at the same time, I think it's sort of inevitable that Young will eventually get a job at, get a head job, I should say a head coaching job at another institution I think especially if, you, if you're if you a believer in Dennis Gates, as I am, well, I think if Missouri has another good year next season, another tournament appearance, I think he's going to be in even more demand. So I just really think that it's inevitable. He's got a certain je ne sais quoi about him that I think is really attractive, a real personality. He just seems like the kind of guy, to me, based on a total outsider's perspective, I don't actually know the guy I think he has that type of personality and ability to be a head coach. I really do. So I I just think he's going to get there eventually. And to that point, Gabe DeArmond over at Power Mizzou, I was checking out his message boards yesterday, and, well, apparently Young may be in line. It's possible. This is mostly just Gabe speculating that he could maybe be in line for the Temple job that is opened up as well. So, regardless if that comes to fruition or not, hopefully from a Missouri fans perspective, once again, we'd love to have Charlton here as long as he wants to be here. Clearly, he's one of Dennis Gates' best friends and an excellent basketball coach. But I just don't I don't think Dennis Gates is going to tie him to the tie him to his chair or anything. I mean, if he's going to get a great opportunity to go be a head coach somewhere, I think he's got to take it. Maybe maybe that first job will be a Cleveland State-like job, and he may have to you know do that for a few years before he moves up to a place like, I, I don't know, Florida State when Leonard Hamilton retires. Just wild speculation there, but I don't think that's the craziest thing in the world. But again, that's the reason why I just don't think Young's going to be here for very long. And when it comes to officiating in college basketball, by the way, I think we all know Or at least deep down, we all very strongly suspect that referees in college love to call an offensive charge more than anything on the planet. But there is something that I think may actually be a significant second place there. And this is a rule that I think really needs to be addressed by the NCAA just for the actual fun of the game. So let's talk about that right after these quick words. So again, clearly the charging violation, the offensive foul by a player with the ball, that's always going to be any NCAA official's first love. You never forget your first, right? So that's always going to be the apple of their eye, I think. But I have noticed a love affair starting to unfurl a little bit with calling guys on the floor something that would be an obvious continuation in the NBA and and one count the bucket give him a free throw on top of it as a bonus that kind of thing well it seems like officials absolutely love to call a shot to call a foul on the floor and say no basket no basket even though it went in even if it's really really borderline i mean it's a split like the guy is jumping in the air but oh he didn't actually he didn't actually follow through yet with the shot so we're going to call that on the floor, and I know back in the day when I believe in the, I believe it was in the eighties or the nineties. I want to say I want to say that's true. I, I could be wrong, but I just remember when I was a younger man back in again the eighties and the nineties. There was a lot of sort of old school basketball people who thought the NBA's continuation rule was very silly, but my argument is. Especially with now having watched both sports for decades, I like the continuation rule. I think it's much more in the spirit of the game than, oh, nope, call it on the floor, call it on the floor when the guy was in the process of going up for the shot. Yes, his his feet were technically still on the floor, but to me, that's against the spirit of of the rule. I really like the gather concept. Like, okay, once I've picked up my dribble, I've gathered and I'm going into my shot motion. That's part of it. That's part of the continuation of movement, if you will. And to me, as a fan, just as a a neutral fan, if I'm just watching the Final 4 this weekend, I'd rather see the offensive player rewarded for a great shot, for a great offensive basketball move than rewarding the guy who committed a foul, the guy who by definition committed a violation. As often, as as much as we possibly can, I think we need to not reward people who commit rules violations. That's my insane concept. So for instance, the NBA is, has got the take foul rule. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's the idea of, hey, if there's an open court fast break here and you grab the guy from behind or foul him from behind, we're not going to reward you with that. We're actually going to call that a technical foul for all intents and purposes and reward something on top of that in terms of free throws and the ball. So I don't know. I, I just don't understand the downside. I really don't. For the people who are maybe clinging to the idea of not having the continuation rule, if you will, the continuation interpretation of the Emancipation Proclamation. Sorry, I was just on a roll there. But seriously, I just don't see the argument against this. What is the argument against the continuation rule? You just don't like fun. You don't like guys scoring points. You want to reward foulers. I just think that that's a rule that's long been in place for decades in the NBA. And the fact that it hasn't made its way over to the NCAA, that's just pure stubbornness. And I think one thing we saw that the NBA implemented a few years ago, hey, the 24 clock it actually just resets to 14 on an offensive rebound. Well, essentially that's in NCAA now too. It's 30 resets to 20 if it's an offensive rebound or the ball is turned over in the other team's court, that type of deal. Is anybody upset with that? I actually think all it's done really, hasn't made offense harder necessarily because usually those teams would just kind of back it out and screw around for 10 seconds anyway. It just makes teams get into their stuff a little bit quicker, be a little bit more prepared. And by the way, I actually think the level of play in college basketball the last few years has gone up, not down. So these rule changes have actually been good. Let's not be so utterly conservative that we can't, move in a way that can make the game actually better. That's where I am. Perhaps you'll disagree with me, and hey, if you do, definitely send me a message anywhere on social media, at LockedOnMizzou, including my new TikTok page. Yes, screw you. (laughs) Screw you, American regulators. Screw you, the Chinese Communist Party. I'm getting it on TikTok regardless. I hate all of you, but I'm doing it anyway. No. In all seriousness, you can tell I've had a lot of fun today. And I hope you're having some fun listening to it. Thanks again for joining me here on Locked on Mizzou and making it your first listen. Now for your second listen, once again, check out Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, Locked on College Basketball. They got a great bevy of guests from coaches players big time experts again that's locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts so until next time i'm john miller and thanks for listening to locked on mizzou